With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the June 11th edition of the Rotor World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Get ready to recap uh, finally an exciting game, Game 4, with the Warriors pulling off the 108-97 win. And we'll have some news and notes at the end, too. And with me to break everything down is Dr. A. Steve Alexander. What's up, man? Not much. Uh, coming down off a big game night. Braves hit a couple home runs yesterday. Yes. Hey, uh, I, I've been doing uh, the Facebook Live video chats. They're less and less awkward there you go. Uh, as I do them. And uh, if you haven't done it, go go like our uh, Rotor World Facebook page. Nice. How about that? Nice plug. A little plug. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, you're getting used to it, though? I had my kid. I had my kid on there with me last night. It was nice. pretty, pretty fun. We predicted uh, thirty-five points for Curry. He had thirty-eight, and we predicted twenty-five for LeBron, and he had twenty-five. There you go. That's calls. So well, yeah, let's get. What's up? Anything else? Nah, I was just gonna say my kid predicted that. The eight-year-old, so he's, okay. he's smarter than I am. Yeah, man. He's a. He's a. He, your other kids aren't big sports fans, right? Like compared to him, right? You know, it's funny. Um, my my oldest son, who's in the Navy, wouldn't go to a Braves game with us. He wouldn't. He just had no interest in going to see live sports. And he, he called me last uh, about well nine months ago, and he's like, "Hey, man, are you watching this Alabama football game?" And I'm like, "No." He's like, "Man, I love college football now." <laughs> nice. I was like, "Where was that when you lived here?" <laughs> but anyway, guess some guess some of his friends are. Rubbing him in that that direction. Yeah, it's it's rubbing off on him. Yeah, that's that's crazy. But I, I think probably the least amount of time I watched sports was when I was eighteen, nineteen, twenty, while I was in school and stuff. But then Man, those after, were, after uh, go ahead. Yeah, it's just after that, before that, and after that is when even well, actually high school too, as I played a lot of tennis and stuff. But like my my late teens were probably my the years I watched the least sports. But then after that, like I'm glued to a TV all the time. <laughs> Man, when I was 18, 19, and 20, it was uh, Dominique and Jordan and her heyday, <laughs> oh, yes. man. I was I was dialed in every night. The dunk contest was the biggest biggest event of the year for me. It was it was on. Dunk contest is back, baby. Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. That's such a good one. Yep. All right, so let's get into this game. Uh, lots to talk about. The big decision to start the game from Tyron Lue was to go with Richard Jefferson again, bringing Kevin Love off the bench. I, what do you think of that move? I, I didn't think it was a bad one. Uh, the starters played really slow. They had a pace of 80.0, which is, is molasses. Uh, um, they got smoked. They were minus 30, 31.7 in net rating. They got killed on the glass, which I thought was kind of the big takeaway. Uh, only a 38 rebounding rate. So the Warriors were really good out there on the glass um, with them going smaller. So it kind of backfired. So do you think that was the right move? Do you think they'll do it again? I don't. I don't know. Um, I am kind of under the belief that you know Kevin Love started for you all year. That's what got you there. I, I kind of thought he should be starting. I get it. Uh, his, 
His defense is so bad. And he wasn't. He's not 100%, obviously. So it, it, it makes sense that they started uh, Richard Jefferson, who did nothing. Um, but, I mean, this team, they're just outmanned. Yeah, that that was another great point last night with the way they went deep in their rotation last night. We saw James Michael McAdoo hasn't played since May 7th. Uh, he got some early run in the first half, which was like, hello. A lot of, uh, a lot of people were tweeting James Michael McAhoo. Um, and, yeah, I, I thought he played well. Didn't fill the stat sheet, obviously, two points, a rebound, and an assist. But I thought he held his own in the paint. Um, I mean, he made his only shot from the field, didn't turn the ball over, didn't really hurt you anywhere, had two fouls. Um, and then Arison Barajal got a, a little run. He had two early fouls, but then he had that one possession that I thought almost turned the table. They had um, three offensive rebounds from Barajal, and that that possession was like, I think, 109 seconds or, or something for to have the, the ball on that side of the court for over a minute. Uh, it, was, it was just crazy. So, yeah, man, that... That uh, seven-minute run by McAdoo might be the might be the most celebrated seven minutes by a no-name guy in finals history. <laughs> yeah, and what I thought set that up to, I guess it's, uh, I want to talk about the Cavs first. So let's put that on the back burner. Um, okay, so what do you think? Who else do you think? The uh, uh, I saw ESPN. They love to kill LeBron, man. Uh, um, yeah, he had seven turnovers. But he had 18 points uh, in in the second half. I thought he looked great. Had a really slow start. He he just looked tired, man. I mean, not play. You gotta. You can't play your guys that are that highly involved in the offense, getting a lot of pressure on the defensive end. You can't play them 24 minutes. Him and Kyrie played the entire second half. J.R. Smith played all but like six seconds in the second half. J.R. Smith had no turnovers and no shots in. Uh, just shy of 24 minutes. It, it was just crazy. Do, do you agree with playing those guys that many minutes? Well, when Ty Lue doesn't play those guys, we, we kind of blast him. Um, and when he does play the plays guys, we kind of blast him. But, yeah, I mean, 43 minutes for JR, 43 for Kyrie, 46 for LeBron. Man, he, he's he's got a lot, of, a lot of mileage on those knees, man. He's played so many more minutes – uh, at this stage of his career than in any player in history. So, I mean, he, he's tired, man. Yeah, uh, I would have, I mean, like we said, and I talk about this all the time, when LeBron's off the court, the Cavs get smashed. That said, you only have, they use all their timeouts, which was necessary. I mean, they needed to get those guys out of there for a breather, so they played that right. But you got to take him out for a couple minutes, man. You You can't play him. That many minutes when you know you're going up against a Golden State team who's going to make you switch all the time, who's going to make you, uh, you know, press you a lot, who's going to have Andre Iguodala on him all the time, and the way they trapped on Kyrie, I mean, it's very exhausting. You you got to just you can't do it. You can't play him that much. So I disagree with it. Uh, I I would have taken him out probably with like 90 seconds to go in the third, or you know, take him out in the beginning of the fourth, which probably may have made more sense. Uh, either of those, but obviously. For most of it, but uh, it backfired. They got really sloppy. Uh, again, it took 19 of the 21 shots Kyrie and LeBron did in the, in the fourth. Kyrie was really bad late. Uh, awesome in the first half and third quarter. He looked pretty good, too. But I, I believe he was 3 of 10 from the field in the fourth. Had one turnover. Uh, got roasted on defense at times. So I, I would I yeah. would have played it differently. 
Le- LeBron had seven turnovers last night, and the Warriors' entire team had eight. Yeah, nice. And he he's got like twenty three turnovers in the series, and that's 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 killer. Yeah, I mean they did try. I'll credit them for trying to slow it down in the second half. They only had a pace of uh, eighty nine point eight, so that's little subpar. But that many minutes is it, just brutal. Um, and then they played Channing Fry late in the game, which I think was necessary because they had to come back. So, uh, besides that, I, I mean, I can't nitpick. Um, I thought Kevin Love should have played down the stretch. Maybe that's because it, um, but, uh, they didn't trust him as much, or maybe he was tired. I'm sure there's other factors. But I would have played Love a little bit more, gotten away from Channing Fry. I thought Love actually played pretty decent. Yeah, he looked, he looked okay. He looked okay, but... Um... He cooled pretty off in the tough, second pretty, half. Pretty tough to be Kevin or uh, Kevin Love right now, man. A lot of lot of negative attention, man. Yeah, uh, I thought he looked better in the first half, and then he did kind of fizzle out in the second half. So I do see lose point for not putting him out there. But staying with Love, he's going to have so many trade rumors. What do you think? Yeah, I don't. I don't think he'll be back uh, in Cleveland. They they need to they need to regroup. They need to, they need to, they need to add a, another piece. Get rid of him. Add a piece, and and hope that they can find somebody that really gels with Kyrie and LeBron. Have you seen any good trade rumors out there or trade ideas? Best one I saw, which I think could happen, would be Love to Phoenix, Bledsoe to New York, and Mello to Cleveland. That would be a, a wild one. Ah, interesting. I mean, it would work out, um, I think, because LeBron has been better at the power forward spot. So I think playing him there in the middle of the three would be awesome. I think they would, the Cavs would be a heck of a lot better with that type, kind of a team. Uh, and then, obviously, the, the Suns are dying for a power forward. They have a surplus of guards, so that would be a good move for them. And then Hornacek wants a guard, so getting Bledsoe. And Bledsoe and, and Hornacek got, got along pretty well, so I think that would be something to watch. Yeah, it's interesting for sure. It'd be pretty uh, fun to see Melo and LeBron play together. Yeah, man. Uh, but I'm sure Lala Anthony would not be uh, too fond of going to Cleveland. <laughs> All right, um, Tristan Thompson's the only player we didn't really hit on, and I, well, the bench was uh, their bench was terrible. Uh, Fry was bad. Delavidova looked bad. Um, Shumpert was probably the worst player on the court. Um, but Thompson wasn't great. He only had one defensive rebound. The Warriors had so many clutch defensive rebounds. Uh, Curry had three offensive rebounds. Barnes had three. Two were really well contested. Uh, and then that Barajal. So Thompson had a down game. All five free throws were missed. So that it was a game to forget from him. How does how does Thompson go 0 for 5 from the line, man? 6 to 7 in the first two as well, which is the, the surprising part. So Weird. that came out of nowhere. He's uh, the guy that he switched from right hand to left hand, didn't he? Or yep. Yep. Other way around. Yeah. And he's been better. So uh, overall, last I checked, I'm pretty sure it's, he's still better. But it's not like a, a huge difference. Um. Yeah. Let's move on to the the Warriors side. All right. All right. <laughs> so Draymond. we mentioned, yeah, Draymond. But I want to talk about the McAdoo move. I thought that. That was just to give the. That was a, a last minute announcement that they were going to make him active, uh, and Brandon Rush was inactive. 
So that kind of showed that they were a little bit concerned with Andrew Bogut, who I thought looked terrible. But they wanted to get that big lineup out there so they could play their death lineup kind of at full force. They, they kind of played it lackadaisically to a degree where it wasn't successful because they were so tired. So I thought those minutes from McAdoo really helped propel the death lineup to doing what they wanted to do. Uh, and they they looked, they didn't quite run away with it with that group, but they played some really solid ball, and I loved their schematic stuff. We got some allergy issues going on oh, in no. this house. People are <laughs> sneezing in the background. But, uh, okay. yeah, uh, McAdoo, man, it just cracks me up that we're – uh, he's he's such a, a topic. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, Verjao. I mean, four minutes and three boards. Like you said, his boards were they were huge, and it, it could have been a turning point, but it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought I thought he was big. He came. I mean, the McAdoo thing coming in before Zeely. You're like, whoa, what's going on here? Um, uh, sticking with the the Carolina boys with him and Harry V, uh, so that was cool. Um, the one thing I loved that Golden State did last night was I love seeing Clay Thompson as a screener. Uh, I thought that that set up the offense great, and C- Clay had two wide open threes off of it. Um, and they ran this other play where it was like Curry got a screen from Clay. It, it was it's hard to describe. Like Curry got a screen from Clay, and then a screen from Iggy, and like. They the the uh, Iggy's guy screen Clay's guy. It was like three screens in like two seconds, and it set up a wide open Curry back door. It was just like so beautiful, man. I love when Golden State sets high screens with small. So I think they'll see more of that. And Cleveland couldn't guard it, man. Uh, so that that was all set up from the extra rest, I think. Yeah, they they certainly looked uh, looked more energized. Than the Cavaliers did. Yeah, the 17 threes were huge. They only had 20 points in the paint. I mean, when you win by 11 and score 108 and only have 20 points in the paint, uh, that just really shows you how incredible that team is. And like you said, uh, the eight turnovers were big. Uh, seven from the starters. Clay only turned it over once. Um, and yeah, like we were actually talking before, just for just a minute, talking about who do you think is the favorite for finals MVP right now? Yeah, it's tough. It's to me it's it's between mainly Draymond Green and Steph Curry. Now, Steph had 38 last night, six assists, five boards, seven threes. Um, so Steph finally came to play last night and then uh Draymond had three three blocks, two steals, 12 boards, four assists. He he only hit two of nine shots. Um and like we were talking about, I think it's going to be whoever whoever blows up in the final game of this series, which is going to be game five, uh, whoever has the big game for Golden State is probably going to get the MVP. Yeah, and I would throw Iguodala in that mix as well. Uh, I think he would. he's probably number three on that pecking order. But, I mean, he leads the team in plus minus. He's only played 130 minutes. Draymond Green, Draymond Green has played 152 um, obviously, Iguodala's defense has been so so good. I mean, he has been phenomenal at phenomenal at the ball strips on guys going up. He had what I thought was the biggest defensive play. He was all over. He guarded like three guys, then stripped LeBron at the end, kicked it out, got a transition bucket. I mean, he did, he did like a similar thing to Westbrook in that big game six when he kicked it out to Clay Thompson for probably the biggest three point shot uh, of the playoffs. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, Ig- Iguodala is definitely in the mix. I mean, when you keep the Cavs offense from going off, they only scored 42 points, and most of that is on Iggy. So, like you said, if whoever has the biggest game of that group, I th- I would say Draymond Green has a slight edge over Curry because I really like what he's doing defensively. Um, but yeah, if, if Curry drops 30, then I think that people will have a tough time not voting the MVP in there. Uh, but I mean, Curry hasn't played that amazingly well in this series. Uh, it's going to be a close one. Um, and then, not MVP talk, but Harrison Barnes has played a lot better. Uh, first time all season he's had consecutive games with at least uh, 13 points. I had 18 on Wednesday, 14 today. Love the rebounding. Um, four or five from three was huge, man. So, props yeah, to Harry B. He's about to get paid. Yeah, man. It's uh, He was pretty bad, basically, since his December ankle, or what was it, November 27th or something, when he sprained his ankle. Um, he never really came back the same. Very quiet postseason, uh, having the worst postseason of his career, pretty much. But, yeah, uh, we've seen some glimpses of what that guy can be. Do you, and apparently they, they announced today that the Warriors are going to match anything. Would you match? If, if someone maxes Harry B, do you, I mean, are they going to match? I mean, that's a lot of money to invest on what's, at best, your fourth best player. Yeah, it's tough because Iguodala is so old. <laughs> uh, if if Iguodala was you know three years younger, then I don't I don't think you match uh, a big Harry B contract. But with Iguodala being on the on the downside of his career, uh, Barnes is an important piece of this puzzle, and the Warriors are going to win their second straight championship. And if they want to, you know, I. I don't see any reason to, to make any changes to to this team. I, I say I say they're probably going to do what they have to do to keep it together. Yeah, um, Iguodala. By the way, I want to say about four years ago, I was really concerned his career was going to decline kind of sharply. He had that kind of frequent knee tendonitis, was always on the injury report, and really slowed down a little bit. Kind of the tail end of his Philadelphia days, uh, and. No, I mean Denver. He was. I'd call him a little disappointing in Denver, uh, and then the past two seasons, man, that that move to the bench ha, has been, um, well, really this season uh, has been just something to really. It's just amazing how how that's worked out. Yeah, it is. It is interesting though because we've seen his scoring average has dropped in one, two, three, four, five. Well, <laughs> one year in there, he he went up, but. It's dropped pretty consistently for the last eight, eight or nine years. And uh, last year he averaged seven point eight points a game. This year he uh, averaged seven points a game. So his scoring did take a pretty dramatic drop. I mean, this is a guy that was averaging between seventeen and twenty points for most of the early part of his career, and now he's he's a bench role player, um, only scoring seven or eight points a game. But his defense is so important uh, to what the Warriors do. So he he's not the fantasy guy he used to be, but in reality, he's he's pretty dang good. Yeah, a lot of people, the younger folks, probably don't remember Iguodala was like a first round player. Uh, what like the last couple of years of his, his Philly years? Um, yeah, yeah, like ten years ten years ago, he averaged eighteen points, five point seven boards, five point seven assists, two steals. Um, like 40 minutes a game. He he was a beast in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Uh, and 
respect to Ruben Patterson for being the Kobe stopper, but uh, Iguodala has really become the the LeBron stopper. Uh, although LeBron's been kind of getting his, but but the amount of shots and the amount of usage LeBron's getting and how he's getting, he's basically the offense every play. Um, you got to be satisfied with what he's been doing. And then, like, 25 points, yeah, 11 to 21, great. But seven turnovers is big. That really skews the efficiency with all those turnovers. And LeBron is definitely not comfortable uh, against Iguodala on him. No, it's it's interesting. Uh, LeBron, the people LeBron has to go against um, are just set up to stop him, like Kawhi Leonard and Draymond Green and Andre Iguodala. It's a tough Tough time to be LeBron James, especially when you're going against those West Coast teams that have those those LeBron stoppers. It's, it's just really tough. I love how Golden State defends LeBron so much. Uh, I'm surprised more teams don't do it. They basically have they have it one on one, but once he gets in the paint, it's collapsing on him. <laughs> so someone comes, they get at least one guy in there to help pretty much every time. Uh, I mean, they've even had Curry on him at times uh, just because of the switching. And Curry had Curry himself had a really nice strip of LeBron too in the second half, so it's just the defensive scheme to stop LeBron. I'm sure like every team in the East should be watching this game obsessively to learn ways to to keep LeBron in check. But yeah, uh, it's kind of uh, vindicating Steve Kerr for his Coach of the Year, I guess. Even though Walton had uh, more wins and everything, but uh, yeah, their Golden State is some kind of special. Yeah, and keeping LeBron in check is 25 points, 13 boards, 9 assists, 2 steals, and 3 blocks. Yeah. Well, 46 minutes, too. So, I mean, that's a ton of usage for from him. But he hasn't really been, and he wants to dominate. I mean, if he, if he had this kind of usage against the Raptors or the Hawks, he'd be dropping 40, man. Like, yep. pretty much a given. Uh, and we, got, we didn't talk really about Kyrie. Uh, in the first half, he was great. We did a little bit, but I thought Kyrie has really played a lot better uh, on the offensive side, playing him off the ball more. Uh, but they did go more to isolation, uh, I thought, too much. So that's some, they got to get back in that. They played a lot of team ball uh, in Game 3, and they got to get back to that. That's partially because of how Golden State is defending them. But they got to they gotta share the ball a little better. Do you think there's any chance that Cleveland wins Game 5? So you're saying there's a chance. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would be pretty surprised, man. Uh, let me see what the spread is. It's got to be pretty high, right? I would think it'd be like eight. Yeah. Uh, it's not up there yet. Hang on one second. Uh, yeah, I'd say it's say it got to be like eight. I'd probably, I think they'd probably win by ten. But, I, I mean, let's see here. It's, yeah, seven and a half. It opened at eight. So two of six over under. So yeah, you're, that's gonna be a, a tough, tough one to bet. Uh, I, I think they're gonna cover, man. I think Golden State has a little momentum, and they really solved. Oh, uh, you know what I forgot to talk about, which is probably the biggest thing to talk about. Uh, What's that? Draymond Green could be suspended. Do you see that? I didn't even see that. Oh yeah, he. Uh, yeah, it was kind of. You didn't really see it in the game, but afterwards there were all these angles of. Draymond, you saw LeBron stepped over Draymond, and then Draymond kind of swiped at LeBron's, LeBron's, um, and I mean, with what happened with Stephen Adams, with all the the nut shots and everything, uh, and how if Draymond gets a flagrant one, he's suspended for the flagrant foul points. Mm. So that would be something. 
That would be something. Yeah, we were. I was watching the game in a in a noisy sports bar with no sound on the TV, and when it was over, you know, uh, Golden State was up ten the final couple minutes. Uh, I kind of checked out, and uh, so I, I did not. I was not aware of the Draymond uh, incident. So yeah, that that would be uh, that would be a big loss for Golden State, obviously, and that would. That would certainly give Cleveland a decent chance of winning Game Five if if he's suspended. But something tells me that he won't be suspended. That the NBA seems to seems to take care of their guys. Well, in situations like that. If you want to play conspiracy theorist, I'd say probably the two biggest suspension questions have been Isaiah Thomas when he hit Dennis Schroeder in the head. Remember that? Yep. And then he didn't get suspended because the Celtics were down. And then obviously Draymond Greek kicking Stephen Adams in his Funakis. <laughs> so they were they needed Draymond to play in that game because they could have closed out. So now Draymond Green, the the Cavs are are kind of on the underside of this. So they if you want it to go to game six and game seven, you would want to spend Draymond suspend Draymond Green. So are are you in the conspiracy theory at all that, that that's a factor for the NBA? I mean, I think I think it factors in, sure. I, I think um I think had had the Draymond Stephen Adams thing not been so important to to keep Draymond in the in the game to make sure that they had a chance to win, you know, uh to beat Oklahoma City. Had that not been a factor, I think he he probably would have been suspended. Yeah, so you you think that? I mean, I think that's probably why the line moved a point. Um, people in Vegas are probably just betting that the Draymond may. I mean, because if Draymond does miss that game, uh, and you got Cavs plus eight, that's pretty good, I'd say. I mean, Draymond Green has been, like I said, I think he's been the Finals MVP by a by a slight slight margin. Um, and what he does with their—I mean, you basically have to play Andrew Bogut then, um, and he's been terrible. And they're going to have to play McAdoo, and they're going to have to play Spates, and they're going to have to play Azili. I mean, going from Draymond Green, who's played I think the most minutes on the team, um, and losing that and, and running the offense through him sometimes—that's I mean, a huge, huge loss. So, what do you think the odds are that that Draymond? Gets- I don't. I mean, I thought it would look pretty. Ex- I mean, I don't know. I, I tend to—it it looks pretty bad if you see the right angle when. He kind of it's his arm too. It's not the leg kick out, but he hits him. His head facing the other way though, so it's not like he was looking at him and aimed for it. So I'd probably say sixty percent doesn't get suspended. So, but that's I mean just because if they give him a flagrant one, that's a suspension. So I'd say it's pretty high. Forty percent chance he gets suspended. Forty percent. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. It's a tough spot for the NBA because he and it, it kind of no one really got too heated. And LeBron after the game had said that the uh, he really focused on and actually he didn't say specifically. There was a report from Dave McMenamin uh, after the game saying Draymond Green called LeBron a b word, uh, <laughs> a, fe- a female dog. So uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think that. I, th- I don't know. It's going to be a tough call. We'll be on the uh, the news wire today. Yeah, I, I actually am watching the video right now. Nice. Trying to catch up. Uh, 
What else we got? Uh, that's pretty much all I wanted to talk about from the game. Do you think of anything else? I mean, like if, if Draymond's out, like I was saying, they're going to have to play everybody. I mean, Bogut will have to step up. Bogut's been terrible in this series, so he really needs to improve. I don't know if he's hurt or what, but he's always the last man down on offense. Just doesn't look comfortable setting screens or really doing anything. So I'm not sure if he's just out of gas or what, but he'll have to step up if Dre's out. Yeah, I just watched the replays. I, I, Dre might got thrown down pretty hard uh, at the beginning of that play. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think I don't think he's gonna get suspended. But I don't. I'm not an expert, so yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not just, a suspension expert. Under normal circumstances, it'd be like five percent. But if he get, if the NBA gives him a flagrant one, yeah, that get, that would do it. Yeah. So, and I think it, I mean he hit him in there in the region. You could argue it was intentional. I mean. Why else would you wave your left arm? You're obviously not going for the ball. Maybe you're going for the balls. <laughs> but uh, so I don't know. It's it's tough. Hey, I heard an interesting trade rumor yesterday. I'm not gonna not gonna give up my source, but uh, I heard the Celtics are talking about the trading the third, the sixteenth, and Avery Bradley for Jimmy Butler. Woo! That'd be something, uh, man. That would be, would Derrick Rose be gone too? They probably want to trade Rose wherever they can. Just rebuild after that. Yeah, I guess Jimmy B on the uh, on the Celtics, man. That would be. That's a haul, man. That's almost too much. As much as I love, I mean, Avery Bradley, I think is vastly underrated. It's arguably the best defensive guard in the NBA. Um, whew, third pick, you're looking at um, what Marquise Chris uh, Bender. Um, I mean that that's pretty I think they'd probably want to go uh Chris or Bender uh for the Bulls. That'd be that'd be crazy, man. Yeah, if the Bulls if the Bulls trade Jimmy Butler, I, I would assume Derrick Rose would go too. Yeah, for, blow it up. For whatever they can. I mean they're gonna have to eat a lot of that money. Um but yeah, I mean if you trade Jimmy Butler, you have to rebuild. There's a, there's no way around it. That's crazy, man. Oh man, I'm watching these highlights from last night. Steph Steph Curry is such a such a phenom. Yeah, so so fun to watch him. He's I mean he's great. He's such a great shooter, but the way he gets free for his shots is, is so underrated. Uh, he's he's the best at really getting. I mean, what on his own? I mean, like because Reggie Miller and Ray Allen they were phenomenal at using screens to get free, uh, but Curry doesn't even need screens. So well. And the the speed with which he gets a shot off is just blinding. Oh, it's yeah, so yeah. fast. Yeah. There, he, he doesn't need much room. There was that one shot, and he had it in the corner. The uh, corner three. And it was, it was I want to say, like two-tenths of a second, man. It was, got it gone. It was just, he's just, he's incredible, man. I don't know how people can hate Curry. Although, one other thing that was interesting after the game, uh, I don't know if you're around for Twitter going crazy about the Curry two lows. Did you see that? The shoes? Yeah. The nurse's shoes? Yeah. I got I got in the mix on that. I was having some fun. Um, I do a, a lot of grocery shopping for my grandma. So I see a lot, <laughs> I see a lot of older folks and stuff. So I had all this uh, artillery um, to talk about that. Um, I called them what, uh, the fix it and forget it fives. <laughs> like all... All that stuff. Um, what I said, uh, it's too dark to read this menu sixes. 
<laughs> All that stuff. The, the Book of Stamps eights. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I had some fun with that. No one told me to shut up, so I guess I guess that was cool. Uh, okay, so other news and notes. Anything else from the game? Nah. And then we both have the Warriors. Wait, if Draymond's out, you still got the Warriors? Yep. Yeah? Uh, I don't know. I think I would trust LeBron. I mean, Iguodala would have to start. You just throw Iggy in there. You'd be fine. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd still take the Warriors. Uh, okay, so we had a lot of Olympic news yesterday. Uh, big news coming from the backcourt of Team USA. Russell Westbrook is not going to play, and then about two hours later, James Harden announced he wasn't going to play. Both those guys said they weren't healthy. Both were really, really durable. Um, Westbrook was the only guy who missed games. Two games, both because of rest. Harden played all. Um, he's only missed one game in the last two seasons. He's been very durable. Um, so, yeah, the Team USA is going to need some guards, man. Well, and Curry took himself, called himself out yep. the day before, right? Yep, and CP3's out. So, I mean, I think Lillard is, is a shoe-in now. Yeah. If he wants to play. Um, and then DeMarcus Cousins, uh, reportedly from Mark Spears of ESPN, and then Jason Jones of the Sacramento Bee confirmed that he's going to Team USA. He'll be in. So that's going to be fun, man. Team Boogie on Team USA? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like watching Boogie play. I don't oh, care where it is. For sure. And then shifting gears to international, Giannis Antetokounmpo announced he is going to play for Greece in the qualifying rounds um, for the Eurobasket. They still have to get in for the Olympics. So he'll play in July. If they make it, they'll play in August as well. Um, there were a couple reports that the Bucks weren't really enthusiastic about Giannis getting out there. So, but hey, man, basketball fans definitely want to see more Greek Freak. Yes, we do. And then the other news was Andrew Wiggins uh, announced he is not going to play for Team Canada. He cited that he wanted to work on his game and adapt more to the Tom Thibodeau offense. Uh, Wiggins shot the ball well after the break. Uh, I want to say 41% on like 70 attempts from three. Uh, I thought his defense was better. He's going to have Tibbs there. Tibbs is going to play him huge minutes. So um, he wants his team to. Uh, you can't even call the Wolves a sleeper team. I mean, if you if you don't think the Wolves are going to get better next year, then uh, I don't even know what to tell you. Um, so, what do you think about Wiggins and the Wolves or anything? Nope. Well, um, fifth pick too. The problem for the Wolves is that they play in the West. <laughs> so I don't I don't know that they are going to be better than Portland or, you know, any, any of those teams that, that made the playoffs this year. So Memphis and Dallas, I would say, are the two most likely to bounce. Yeah, I think the Memphis run is over. It feels like feels like they're finally done. And uh, same with Dallas. I'm with you on that. So, I, I mean, I don't know. Do you think the Wolves can make the playoffs? I do. Uh, I think they could sneak in. I mean, other guys to threat would be Utah. Um, and then if the Pelicans can shake up their roster, Eric Gordon's a free agent. Um, they're picking sixth, so they can get some impact player there. So and I wouldn't be surprised if Denver sneaks in there, too. I like what the Nuggets are doing. I think they're kind of one year away or two, but I think they're in the mix. But, yeah, I would say Minnesota is most likely to sneak into the playoffs and with maybe a high seed. I mean, Towns was incredible. Um, and Levine real Levine had a slow start. I thought he finished the season really well. If you had if you had him in fantasy uh, in the last two three months, you were pretty satisfied with his output. And then again, fifth pick in the draft, they're going to have somewhat impact there. 
So what's going to happen with Rubio? I think he's still going to be around, and he's he's a good fit. Um, you know, they're going to run the ball through Towns more. Um, I think they need use him on defense a little bit with Tibbs. So I think he's he's good to go, and they'll play Levine, who I thought was going to be terrible at shooting guard, and he was early on, uh, but he really really turned the corner, uh, pretty much at the All Star break. Yeah, he's a good player. All right, so one, um, and also uh, I think they'll probably go big and add some depth to Gorgie Jang, who would probably be at risk of losing minutes uh, if they do go big. Um, but he played a lot of minutes late. Uh, we'll see what Tibbs does. I'm sure he'll be a big fan of using two bigs. Uh, one other note I had was Jeff Hornacek thinks the Knicks are absolutely going to get a max deal player. Um, so keep in mind, uh, you can max anyone you want in the NBA. <laughs> you, you could uh, max Anthony Bennett if you want, um, but will he get the production? Ronaldo, Ronaldo Bachman, <laughs> your boy. You love that guy. Um, and you can max Anthony Randolph if you want. Um, you can max Andrew Bynum if you want. Oh um, man, got, did you did you tweet that picture? Um, no, I'm sure I retweeted it. But if you guys missed it, man, uh, you could uh, search Andrew Bynum Miller Light. <laughs> he's drinking a tall boy Miller Lite, just boy. chilling, bright blonde Eminem hair. It, it was just, oh man, poor guy. I mean, the what do you think he's doing? What do you think he, Andrew Bynum's typical day is like? I'm sure there's some bowling involved. <laughs> I don't he, gets know, out, he gets out of bed about three in the afternoon, <laughs> walks across the street to the bowling alley, throws down a couple pitchers of Miller Lite. Yeah, he put on some weight. You could definitely tell he's drinking some beers, man. But his seats weren't even that good. I mean, he was, what? I forget what row it was. Because you can see what row he's sitting on. Because he's sitting right on the uh, right on the end of the aisle. Well, let, me see, let me try to find this out. Such uh, a great picture. Oh, my God. So good. Uh, yeah, let's see here. Somebody texted it to me. I need row, I think, it, if I see that right. And I don't know who he's even sitting next to. Like, he, I don't know. Is he going to the game by himself or what? The really fact that they've got him mid-swig of his Miller Lite <laughs> And he's got a Cavaliers jersey or shirt like over his shoulder, you know, the one they gave away. Like it, It's just so great. So, yeah. He's got his phone in his right hand and he's Miller in his left. It's like Beastie Boys, man. Yeah. Uh, so, that has got to be, and I talked about this before, man. That's like the worst trade, man. Like the Sixers gave up everything to get Bynum. What that was, Igadala, Mo Harkless, Vucevic, and a first. I think it was. Ooh, <laughs> for a guy who is chilling, drinking a Miller Lite. His hair <laughs> yeah. is so awesome. It's uh, neon, neon yellow, man. Yeah. It's so good. Oh man. It's one of the best pictures I've ever seen. I hope he goes. To, I hope he goes. To, uh, he's on like a road trip or something. Ramona, Ramona Shelbert had um, tweeted out something that he's looking for, uh, for. For he's like going on a cool little road trip and stop by. Um, he was with the Cavs too, so rooting for them. Um, uh, I am putting Andrew Bynum on Twitter right now. Do it, yeah. So check Doctor A's uh, Twitter for the picture of of the, of the playoffs. Man, that was. There's there's some cool pictures of LeBron dunk from Game Three, but nothing beats Andrew Bynum <laughs> chilling, kicking back a Miller Lite. <laughs> he doesn't strike me as a Miller Lite kind of guy. It's 
So great. I would not expect him to be drinking Miller Lite. Yeah. I would Miller High Life, maybe. <laughs> he seems more like a High Life guy. He's uh, from Jersey, man. But boy, he uh, was born about 10 miles from where I grew up. Pretty crazy. <laughs> man, I can't get it's not it's not going. But anyway. All right, man. Are we good? Are we we done? are good. We are good. So um yeah, we could get out of here on that. We didn't really talk about the Knicks Max and somebody. We'll just end on the Bynum thing. That's good. Um, all right, so no games today, no games tomorrow. So uh, I'm actually gonna have Nick Radicanu come on on Monday for the first time. Oh, there so, you go. Project Roto. So we're we're gonna do something there. I don't think we're gonna pod tomorrow. Um, but if you guys, again, I say this every time, if you have any topics or questions or anything that you think would be interesting for the off season coming around, you know, we, we may be in the off season on Tuesday. Uh, so let us know, and we will definitely um, we'll do something for it. Um, so that's it. Hey, man, 40-minute pod. I was wrong. I always think we're going to be quick. We never are. Hey, are, are you ready for the draft? I'm getting there. Uh, I'm pretty excited for it, though. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of moves, a lot of haves, have-nots um, with, with draft picks. So I could see some teams making some moves, uh, a lot of teams having surplus of picks, maybe want to move up. Uh, and all that. Boston's definitely the team to watch with their three and sixteen picks. See what they can do, and they they're knocking on the door. You know, so. I tell you, draft night blurbing blurbing the draft for Roto World's one of my one of my favorite things. It's going to be it's always fun. We always crank out sixty sixty blurbs every the, draft pick. You know, it's it's pretty fun. And the trades too. Every trade, uh, every traded player get a blurb. So I think we'll probably hit. 75 blurbs and all the reports of the trades too so we probably we probably hit like like one 130 140 and uh the time the, the draft's on i feel like it's just a ton yeah and, we'll, and we'll have and also as you guys probably know we do all the rumors that day and the days before so you guys will be ready to go for anything that could happen uh, obviously the nba has more beat writers than ever before uh and all of them do an awesome job so and if uh if if we have enough bodies on board i I know uh they want me to do a a video facebook video live during the draft um that night so if we've got enough bodies i'm gonna i'm gonna try to do that that would be that would be pretty fun uh hitting that hitting each pick as it happens but uh that'd be crazy we gotta make sure we got enough uh enough people to write to, to make that happen but. Yep, and i'll probably do a pod either the following morning or right after depending on how tired i am uh-huh. Cool, man. Uh, uh, hey, the Bynum picture is up on my Twitter feed. There right? you go. Doctora. <laughs> it's uh, supposed to say Dr. A, but it doesn't really. So, <laughs> it's anyway, good. it's there. Make sure you study it. Make it your wallpaper. Whatever. <laughs> it's really good. Has the memes attacked that yet? I mean, I feel like there's some serious meme potential. Uh, I'm sure there's a crying Jordan on <laughs> You could probably put a crying Jordan like in the center part of the white logo. That'd be cool. If anyone wants to do that, like you know how the Miller Light has the the word light on top, and then has that little red circle. It has the red emblem. Yeah, yeah. Put, it actually looks like crying Jordan is already there because it's you're far enough away. It could easily be a crying crying Jordan already. Yeah, but I may, uh, I may have to do that myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, you could also put crying Jordan in his hair. I think <laughs> yeah, there's so. got there's got to be some crying Jordans out there. I haven't seen any yet. All right. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe Miller Lite will will uh, give a uh, give Bynum a job. I would die for a Miller Lite 
bowling themed commercial, man. That would be the best. <laughs> if buying him in a bowling alley. It's like you're having a tough day at work. <laughs> grab, <laughs> grab a Miller Lite. <laughs> and hit the lanes. <laughs> don't don't destroy don't um get, don't be a turkey. There's got to be a a big Lebowski nice uh, link in there too. Market eight, dude. <laughs> the dude. <laughs> Buying them abides. <laughs> All right, so we'll get out of here on that. Uh, we'll have to bring more Bynum jokes uh, for the rest of the off season. But hey, the guy's a multi-millionaire. He's chilling, so no, can't knock him too hard. Uh, so we're out of here on that. Thanks for coming on, and you guys enjoy the weekend. Hey, USA Soccer tonight. See you guys. There are two things that are absolutely true. Grandma loves you, and she would never say no to McDonald's. So treat yourself to a Grandma McFlurry with your order today. It's what Grandma would want. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.